Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Amen and amen. Well, if you're joining us online, a big welcome. There's a spirit of God in the house. This is such an amazing atmosphere in here today. I hope that wherever you're at, uh, whatever your circumstance, your situation, I hope that you can feel the spirit of God uh, in your room, wherever that is right now. It's in this room and your room if you're watching online. But a big welcome, City Church, to everyone that's tuned in. Even if you didn't tune in live, big welcome to you as well. And uh, why don't you guys that are here just uh, say hi to somebody on the way down to your seat. God is so good. He is amazing. Thank you, most amazing team. The most amazing team in the whole world here at City Church. We've got an incredible vision at City Church, and I believe that vision is reaching you wherever you're at, and it's to grace the nations. And grace is, a, is an incredible word. I'm going to do a whole series on, on grace in the new year. And it just uh, quite simply, it means God's enablement, enabling you to do what you can't do. Uh, the hand of God in the number for grace is five. So it's pretty cool that God can actually put his hand on somebody and, and give them supernatural or divine enablement called grace to do what they can't do. And, I, and I, I believe wherever you're at, whatever you've come to the end of, you think, I just can't do anymore. I, I know. I, I hit that about every day. It's like, ah, I'm at the end of myself. I'm at the limit of what Ed can do. If that's you, you are in a great space, and that space is called grace. Now, I want you to grab a hold of that this, even this morning and, and look at that. But our vision is to grace the nations. It's to take God's divine enablement to all those nations out there. There are big problems in the world. Does anybody other than me notice that? And the solution is not humanity trying to come to the end of themselves, but it's the hand of God. God's hand wants to reach out through us to the world and solve a whole lot of problems. And that's what we're busy doing here at City Church. The way we're going to get to that vision, and that's called mission, is raise generations to reach those nations. And so we're busy doing that here in, in the house here in, in uh, City Church and on the Sunshine Coast. But we're extending further than that. And I believe we're extending to you. If you've tuned in uh, and you're watching this, then that equipping and that raising up uh, of you, because you represent a generation, at least you're part of one generation. And that's not age specific. We're not just raising young people to go reach the world. We're raising everybody. We got some pretty old people here at City Church that are doing amazing things. Uh, some of them, you know, didn't come into relationship with Jesus Christ until uh, the lady years of life to think, well, it's all over, Red Rover. I'm too old to do anything. But they come in here, and it's like a smack in the face in a good way. It's like a big bucket of cold water over their head to say, wake up. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, and I'm not going to talk too much about him, but he was he's pretty renowned. He wrote uh, some books on faith, did a mighty miracles, uh, 
testimony says many people were raised from the dead through his ministry. He didn't get started until he was 60. I mean, come on. That's pretty cool. Colonel Saunders, that you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken Colonel, you know, he didn't he didn't get started until he was in his 60s. So there's no excuse for any of us. Look at Abraham and Sarah. Uh, there are generations that need to be raised up that are older than me and younger than me, and you are one of those. So our our uh, our mission is to help you, to raise you up and wherever you're at, go to the next level. Don't just stop where you're at. There's no comfort zone. There's no gray area. There's no uh, walking a fence. You've got, a, you've, you've got an opportunity in your world to touch your world, to bring the power of God into your world, to grace nations. So that's what we're on about here at City Church. We invite you to be part of that wherever you're at. And uh, we are excited that you've tuned in this morning. I've called this message, this is a Christmas message. You ready for this? Because it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And I initially, I was playing on that whole, you know, the reason, the reason for the season. And we hear a lot of people say this frequently, uh, especially Christians, you know, let's get back to the real reason for Christmas. It's not about the lights, it's not about presents, it's not about certainly Santa Claus or any of that. Let's get to the real reason. So I had a series planned out uh, called The Reason. And I thought to myself, as I got into it, I realized it is the reason, but it's not the reason that you're thinking right now, because I've called this and next week's message, these are Christmas messages, I've called this message Alien Invasion. I'm like, you hear a pin drop now, it's like, what? What What has that got to do with Christmas? More than you think. Stay with me. Don't walk out of your room. Don't touch the off button on your whatever you're watching on right now. Uh, I, I believe that you'll see this unfold. You'll get, it, you'll get a hold of it. Alien invasion. How many people have noticed how many movies there are <laughs> on aliens invading Earth? I mean, aren't there... I don't know if you have a favorite, you know, I remember Alien, when Alien first came out, it scared the pants off me. Some of my friends, we went and watched that thing, you know, that, that uh, thing comes bursting out of this guy's chest, like that takes over the ship. Then right when you think it's safe, you know, it gets into somebody else. Finally, it's in the cat, I think it is. I don't want to spoil her, but you know. Then there's Alien 2 and Alien 3. I don't know what number they got up to with the Alien series. Uh, but a these aliens, like they're invading Earth. And everybody, nobody likes, it's not a comfortable thought to think that something, some entity somewhere is invading your space and it's going to invade your culture and it's going to change the, the way that you live. I think about Transformers, that's an alien movie. Uh, Battleship, that's another one, more modern ones. I think about, one of my favorites is The Day the Earth Stood Still. Not the modern one with Keanu Reeves, but there was an older one, I think it was uh, Michael Rennie, I think his name was, it came out in 1951. And that alien kind of came with a peaceful idea, saw the problems Earth was having, thought he could help them fix it, and uh, you know, gonna reset the whole thing, ended up getting shot, don't wanna spoil that one either, but you know, that was a great, that was a great alien movie, a great uh, outer space people <laughs> invade extraterrestrials, invade Earth. There's been some really good ones. Probably 
the one that uh, recently, more recent, I guess, there's been a series of them that I really enjoyed. It's kind of why I'm dressed this way this morning, because it's not exactly a Christmas, you know, where's your red and your bling and all the rest of it? Well, you guessed it, Men in Black. And, you know, Agent K, Agent J, you know, Will Smith and Agent K, Tommy Lee Jones and, and, and all those different aliens. My favorite out of that one is Frankie the Pug Dog, alien, you know him? I mean, oh, how cool is that? I just, it made, I just want to ditch our dog, Gail, get a pug dog, and, uh, you know, and see if I can't get that thing to talk to me in the car. That is just so cool. Then you got Boris the animal in that one. Uh, all, all these aliens, the squid, the twins, there's all these aliens in this movie, and uh, there's an agency, the men in black, that go around with a, a neuralizer, I think it's called, that just erases people's memory if they come in contact with these aliens, because they don't want you knowing that there's aliens in the world. They're trying to keep this thing under wraps. Well, there was an invasion several millennia ago, and an angel named Lucifer, he was in heaven. He took a third of his cohorts out of heaven, and they invaded earth. He's also known as Satan or the devil, and uh, a lot of people scoff at that. <laughs> Come on. Like, are you telling me that you, you really believe there's a devil? You've been neuralized. You don't even know it. Your brain has been erased if you can't open your eyes to the fact that something's going on in this world. Now, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is conspiracy fact. And so these millennia ago, this, this extraterrestrial, if we were, he came into this world and deceived the original humans and something called sin entered the world. Something so small that it cannot even be seen with the naked eye. And it became the wrecking ball of everything that we see today that's wrong with the world. Hunger and, and, and sex trafficking and starvation and all the poverty and murder. And, you know, we could go on and on with this list of, of the devastation that has happened because of this thing called sin that came in with this alien invader. Somebody goes, oh, come on, really? You, you're telling me that something so small, something called sin could actually, you know, destroy whole economies? That could actually wipe out thousands and, and millions of, of people? Uh, that's ridiculous. Uh, I don't think so. And I think that right now, if you're smart in some parts of the world, you're distancing yourself because of something so small that you can't even see it, that if you come in contact with it, and, and many have, it's devastated economies. And, and if that virus can do that, there's something else called sin, which was a virus of a sort that came in with this alien invasion way back at the start that has continued to wreak way more havoc than Corona has. Corona's a mere child, a baby, an infant, if you will. It's a passive thing compared to this thing called sin. And yet, we've been neuralized. We, we don't see it. We don't open our eyes to it. People don't acknowledge it. They say, that's just ridiculous. And so, they take the devil and they take what really did happen back then, and they put it into the category kind of of Santa Claus. You know, fiction. And one thing that I don't like, and this won't be a message like that, believe me, 
One thing that I don't like is when the Christmas story becomes almost like the Santa Claus story. And it almost gets put into the whole myth thing. It's just a nice little story to tell the children. And we're going to get some nice little reindeer in there. We'll replace Jesus with Santa Claus. And we'll, we'll just go ahead. We'll get some elves in there instead of real angels. We'll, we'll, we'll get a villain in there. Maybe some bad guys or something like that. But, you know, it's all make-believe. <laughs> you know, this isn't real. And a lot of people would have that. We get people all the time posting. I don't know why they would do it. Don't have anything better to do, I guess, that, you know, post on our, our social media account and uh, put all kinds of stupid things on there. I think you're twisted, man. Like, uh, you know, if you got nothing better to, to do. But uh, it's just like, this is ridiculous. Well, it's not ridiculous. It's devastating. The planet has been ravaged because of this first invasion. But thank God, there was another invasion. There was an invasion for which we are celebrating something real, not, not a fictional story, not a, a fairy tale, but something very, very real. Someone very, very real came to earth from outside and invaded earth with a positive, not a negative, with healing and peace and joy and everything to uh, reset humanity. He came in and his name is Jesus and that's why we are celebrating a real event called Christmas this season. Now, God had a plan. He still has a plan. And the first wave of his invasion, just the forerunner of, of Jesus, was he anointed or put his hand upon people called prophets. They were also called seers. And so over the millennium leading up to the main event, the birth, he had these seers in the world that could see what he saw. He put his hand upon them and they could see things and then they could speak forth as if God himself were speaking in the earth. They were the spokes or the messengers, the spokesmen, if you will, of God. And so these seers came in with a, with a message called prophecy and they began to speak out, there's someone coming that's greater than all of this. Get ready, prepare the way. The last one was John the Baptist leading up to the birth of Jesus. Get ready, get ready, get ready. He's coming. There is coming an invasion, but it's not like you think. And so leading up to that, they began to look at the messages from the, the prophets, the hundreds of prophecies that were spoken out, trying to interpret it from a human or a mental mindset or a, a warfare mindset, if you will, from, from a humanity uh, scale. And they, they, they kind of, they missed it by a long shot. They thought, well, this is it. The invasion is coming now. It's going to be time to overthrow the Roman government and, and this one is going to come. The Messiah is coming and he's coming in power. He's coming in might. He's going to send legions of angels to destroy the earth. He's, he's got it nailed. But yet he didn't come that way. The invasion was a baby invasion. See, God, he could do the other bit really well. He, he could call one angel could destroy the whole earth. That's how much power that there is. But his purpose wasn't to destroy the earth. His purpose was to save the earth and to save the inhabitants of the earth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. This invasion was a love invasion. Jesus Christ came into this world not to destroy the world, but that the whole world would be saved through him. 
His plan as it unfolded was a mystery. In fact, it says in the Bible, it says, had they known, had the demons, had Satan, Lucifer, the, the perpetrator of the first alien invasion, had he known that, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. He did everything to try to interpret what was going on, this invasion plan, but he missed it by a mile because he had no revelation of how God's power was going to be used, that God's power is perfected in weakness. God's power right now is, is perfected in your weakness. That's why we throw our hands in the air. We worship God. It's a, it's a, a form of surrender. God, wow, uh, I give it all to you. When God's power started to become unleashed in the earth and his plan started to unfold, next he sent his Messiah, Jesus, into the world. They were marveled at that. I, I think that uh, aliens, I, I think about how how, how People are afraid of these aliens, but I'd be afraid if I was an alien coming to Earth, to be honest. Uh, look at E.T. E.T. phone home. Like, E.T. got in big trouble because of the Earthlings. The fact is that this is a far more dangerous place right here where we're at than, than probably where any alien would live. This is a very dangerous place. And so the baby that came into the, into the world, the devil's plan was, I've got to kill this kid. Everybody under the age of two, orders came out, execute him. God's got a plan as it starts to, as it starts to unfold. The devil starts to get wind through astrologers and through uh, other people. He's got his agents as well in the earth. He starts to see something's going on here. I don't know what it is, but I know that it's, there's a birth now. This Messiah is coming, and he's coming as, as a baby. Follow that star, but let's, get, let's kill all the kids. And so he gets his agents, Herod and the Caesars and all of them, to try to focus on, on stopping this alien invasion. The word invasion, is, is, it means this, it's an incursion. It means an incursion of an army or a conquest. It's, uh, it's the incoming or spreading of something usually very hurtful. These aliens that invaded brought, as a, again, like I said, sin into the world and all of these problems and became a, a wrecking ball. But when God sent the second invasion into the world, there were truly extraterrestrials. Jesus came from outside of here to invade and to reset, like I said, everything right. John 8, 23, listen to this. Jesus is talking. And he says... He continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. In other words, I'm an alien, if you will, in a good way. I'm an extraterrestrial. I am not from this world. You're from this world, I am not. Listen to John 18 and verse 36, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You see, he comes to the planet, to the people that he created, but he comes to destroy the works of the previous invasion of the alien Lucifer. Listen to 1 John 3, 8. It says this, Jesus, uh, uh, John talking, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. This is why I was going to call this message the reason. The reason the Son of God appeared 
was to destroy the works of the devil. You've got the whole Christmas message right there, my friends. He came to destroy, not people, not you, not, not even evil people. He came to destroy the works of the devil. What are those works? Again, just look around. You'll see it. Broken homes, rampant drug abuse, murder, all of these things are the works of the devil. Jesus' invasion, he came from outside of earth. I'm not from here, he says. I came here, I came here with a purpose, and that's to destroy the works of the devil. I find that people all the time will ask why. And I usually, I get a lot of the whys because I'm a pastor. Well, why this? Why did this bad thing happen? Well, I did, and then, you know, the list of, uh, of bad things that happen to good people goes on and on and on. Well, the why is right here. I've already given it to you. There is in this world right now this thing called sin, this wretched virus that's a wrecking ball to humanity, destroying everything in its path, and yet its biggest weapon is deception because people don't want to see it. They think, uh, if I see it, then I've got to change my lifestyle, but I'm enjoying this whole sin thing so much that I don't want my precious, I don't want to give it up. I want to hang on to it, and, and they won't let go, and they won't let Jesus come in and, 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 and fulfill his assignment or his mission and do what he wanted to do in the beginning to destroy the works of the devil. That's why the second invasion happened. And so what happens after Jesus comes, and you know uh, the, the whole story, it will unravel some of this next week as well, but, uh, but he grows up and, and he, his destiny is the cross. Again, the enemy, the, the first invaders didn't see this, the devil and his cohorts, they would have never put him on the cross because he paved the way for his blood to go, for his blood to be poured out. You see, metaphorically speaking, the antibody, the cure, if you will, for the virus is in the blood. His precious blood holds the cure to the sin virus. His blood flowing through your veins, when you, when you ask him into your heart, the, the, the life, the power is in the blood. His blood had to be shed, but, but his blood was shed for the remission of all of us as an antibody, if you were, because the sin virus has already been defeated through the blood, but you've got to get the blood in your life. The blood is what caused the power to flow out. So the devil put him on a cross thinking, job done. We kill him. We let it, he grew up. He got away with that. They fled into Egypt. The baby grew up. Uh, we didn't kill him back then. We tried. And now we got him. We got him on a cross. Job done. But little did he know that the antibody to the sin virus got released into the whole earth. That uh, whosoever should believe on him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. That's the good news, the reason of Christmas. So he initiates his, his plan to restore humanity, but the enemy's not done yet. So the devil comes along with another plan, and it's actually the plan that, uh, that he used right back in the beginning. It's the only real power that he has, and that's deception. Well, if I can't stop that, and it's already happening, I'll, get, I'll, I'll, I'll unleash my, my plan 
of deceiving the nations and deceiving humanity and the thinking that this is just nonsense. I'll, I'll introduce Santa Claus. I'll, I'll introduce owls. I'll introduce an Easter bunny. I'll, I'll introduce anything to get people's eyes off of the Savior, the one that spilt his blood. I'll, I'll, I'll convince people that he doesn't even exist, that he's just your imaginary friend. You know, that's ridiculous, Sid. Oh, come on. You, 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 you believe in the devil? I suppose next you'll tell me there's two fairies. <laughs> and so he launches this attack of deception. But God's plan is way bigger than that. It didn't stop with the prophets. It didn't even uh, stop with just the birth of Jesus Christ into the earth. It says, when the time had fully come, in, verse, in Galatians 4, 4, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. He came into the earth. But now he gives us authority. His plan all along was that we would become his body, or if you will, his ambassadors into the earth. 2 Corinthians 5.20, listen to this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, because we've been immunized. You've got the blood of Jesus now, not just covering you, but if you've asked him into your life, you now have the immunity. You've got the, 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 uh, the, the antivirus, if you will. You, you've, you've got the cure to the sin problem. You are therefore now Christ's ambassadors as if God, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be ready reconcile with God. In other words, the message that God's body, his ambassadors have, which is you and I, is to go out and tell people the good news. You don't have to be under the control and the deception of the sin anymore. We are now his ambassadors. We are alien ambassadors, however. We are not earthly ambassadors. We are ambassadors or the highest delegation representatives of the highest kingdom ever, and that's the kingdom of heaven. You are ambassadors for Christ. Listen to John 15, 18, and 19. This is what's going to happen, and this is what is happening right now with God's ambassadors. If the world hates you, Jesus said, keep in mind that they hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. In other words, if the world loves you and you don't have anybody that hates you in your life, you're probably not representing the kingdom of heaven and Jesus Christ. You're probably representing the other guy, to be honest. Trying to look like him, talk like him, uh, act like him. You, you're, you're, you're acting, you're walking in the wrong uh, assignment on earth. It, it hated Jesus. It's going to hate you as ambassadors for God. Merry Christmas. Hope you all have a good holiday. Have fun with the relatives. <laughs> so the why? Why is all this bad stuff going on? Why, does, why do people giving me such a hard time? Right there, my friend, is the answer for you because you're probably doing a great job of representing Jesus Christ and being an ambassador from heaven and not of this earth. I remember... Uh, the man, uh, I don't know, if you live in Australia, you would know, you'd be more familiar with this than probably uh, anywhere else, but uh, there was a guy that he began to 
take and, and, and write eternity. His, his, his name was Arthur Stace, and way back in 19, uh, he died in 1967, but he had about a 35-year period where he, would, he was so conscious of the fact that I'm just passing through. This is not, this, this earth is, it's God's footstool. This is not my resting place. And so he would take chalk and he would write in this most beautiful handwriting that I could never do. He would write eternity on the sidewalk or the footpaths all over Sydney. It's like a half a million times that, uh, that, that at least that, that he wrote this chalk eternity. And nobody kind of knew who he was. They, they had no idea. There was an article in 1956 that came out, and people have picked it up since then. But he was an illiterate former soldier, a petty criminal, an alcoholic who got gloriously saved in 1940. And he was so conscious. Like I said, he's been with the Lord now since, I think, 1967. But uh, he, he was so conscious of the fact that I'm just passing through here. He couldn't even walk down the, uh, a footpath or the sidewalk without realizing, I'm just passing through. I'm, a, I'm an ambassador from another place. God's commissioned me with a, with a mission. I've got a great common mission with the rest of the body called uh, the, the commission, the great commission, and that's to tell as many people as I can about Jesus Christ. But I dare not put my stake down here and get so familiar and bound with, with this world and all bound up with what this world has to offer. And he had one thing on his mind, and that's eternity. And he wanted to tell as many people as he could, so he'd chalk eternity everywhere he get, he go for a walk praying and just eternity 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 it was so big that in the uh, not that long ago the sydney fireworks we've got one of the greatest fireworks in the world and uh, it became so noticeable that they uh, lit up the uh, sydney harbor bridge with the word eternity in commemoration of this man i mean how could that possibly be i wonder how many of us would realize, and the gravity this Christmas, if the penny would just drop, if the revelation would just get into our heart and just, and, and just uh, uh, take over, if you will, our, our brain to the point that, that we're just not so conscious of this world and, and what people think about me and, and, and all, you know, all the things that we're just clawing to climb ladders and to create something here that's, that we think is permanent. It's not going with you, friend, none of it. The only thing that's going to go with any of us, and that's the people that ask Jesus Christ into their lives, are going to heaven, and we have a mission, and we need to get on with it. And the Christmas season is one of the greatest times of the year to do that. Uh, I like what uh, Philippians 3.20, Paul says this. He says, but we are citizens of heaven. Man. I thought I was a citizen of America or Australia or wherever. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. He ascended up. That's Easter, Good Friday, and then Easter Sunday. We are eagerly waiting for him to return. Oh, he is coming back. We are eagerly waiting for him to return as Savior. So therefore... How then shall we live, ambassadors? That's a good question, isn't it? How shall an ambassador of the highest kingdom anywhere in the universe and any other universes, the, the, the kingdom of heaven, 
how shall you and I live as ambassadors to the highest kingdom ever? That's a great question. So I've got four simple points that I want to give you right now. And number one, live like all of heaven is watching. Now I don't mean like, oh, they're all gathered around and when you take a shower, go to the toilet, they're all watching. No, it's creepy. You know, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> but there is compassed about us a great cloud of witnesses, it says in Hebrews. They are, they are there. There are angels right now, probably even in this room right now. There, there is the Holy Spirit, whose spirit dwells both in heaven and on earth. There, there, there are uh, incredible, incredible powers that, that have been released into your life as an agent, as an ambassador. Live as if all of heaven is watching because they are. They're watching what you're going to do and they're watching your faith and they're for you, not against you. All of heaven is so for you. Live on earth, the, the Lord's Prayer says, on earth as it is in heaven. God does not want you walking here as if this is your home and, and everything that you're clawing for and worried about and, and all your goals and all the rest of it. If it's not, if it doesn't have an eternal purpose, if your eyes aren't fixed, uh, uh, that I'm a citizen of heaven, I'm a child of God, I'm not from here, I'm an ambassador from, sent from God right now. I am a person, an agent that's going to make a change in this world. If my eyes get fixed on the country that I'm in, so to speak, and I quit representing the country that sent me, then I'm a failed ambassador. How many ambassadors would there be if they go to a, you go to a function, it's put on by the ambassador of uh, Saudi Arabia, for instance. You get invited over, and you think, wow, I've got, I've got a, a, a invited to, here it's in Canberra, the capital, America be Washington, D.C. I've, I've got invited over to the ambassador of another country. For us Aussies, if we got invited to the ambassador's headquarters for a party, uh, a great dinner, and it's, you know, just pick the Saudi Arabia, would you expect to walk in there and they're all wearing a Kubra hats? <laughs> no. And, and you know, the, the ambassador from Saudi Arabia goes, hey mate, you know, throw, throw another shrimp on the barbie. You know, I'm glad you came, we got some lamb, it's gonna be really good, pavlova for dessert. You know, they're all dressed like us Aussies here, something like that, no my friend. You know that's not going to happen because they don't re represent Australia. They're, they're in Australia, but they represent the country that sent them. They are ambassadors for the country that sent them, not from here. How many of us realize that we're not from here? We're not supposed to act like this world acts, behave, talk like, have that attitude. We're from some, we are honestly representing heaven. Therefore, we don't need to be like the worst part of this earth. We are, we are seriously heavenly minded so that we can seriously do earthly good. Somebody said, oh, you know, they're so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. I love that. The devil would, would certainly want to get that one going. Just act like everybody here. No, I'm an ambassador sent from somewhere else to here to be a change agent. 
So how should I act? I think we need to act a little bit like Arthur Stace. Beloved, I urge you, listen to this, 1 Peter 2.11. We're going to close off and I'll continue this because this is a two-part series, this alien invasion. (laughs) 1 Peter 2.11, listen to this, New American Standard Version or Bible. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against your soul. You're invited by God to represent him, but don't forget that you too are aliens. Number two, maintain communication with heaven. That's who sent you. You have to be in vital communication. All the ambassadors that are in the different countries, from different countries, they're in constant communication with the country that sent them. They, they know what the policies are of the country that sent them. They know what their assignment is. They know what they're trying to change, trying to accomplish in that country. They are in vital communication. That vital communication is called prayer. So the more you associate with heaven, the less you're going to live like hell. The closer you walk with heaven, the closer you're going to walk like God. The more that you talk to God in heaven, the more that your conversation is going to change here on earth. And we're about out of time. I've got two more points that are going to go till next week as we launch the second Uh, in our two-part series, Alien Invasion, and Merry Christmas to all of you. Right now, I just want to pray, uh, if you're watching online and all of those that are here and you have not yet asked Jesus Christ into your heart, I want to give you that opportunity right now. I'd love to see you become part of the solution. I'd love to see you get immune immunity to this sin virus that's crippling the world. I'd love to see you get the blood of Jesus Christ and to realize that God has, God has got a plan for me, and that's to save me, not to do me harm, but to uh, save me from the ravages of this world. If that's you and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you would pray this prayer with the rest of us right now uh, and ask him into your heart, It'd be my privilege right now to lead you to the Lord through this prayer. So let's just bow our head. Let's just have an intimate time with God. Thank you so much for tuning in. Say this after me. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you for saving me. I thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life, for paying the price to be my Savior to be my Lord. Jesus, I give you my life. Amen. Hey, make sure that you tune in. We've got podcasts of all of our previous messages, including this one. We've got a YouTube channel, City Church, Sunshine Coast. Make sure you go there and subscribe. Share these messages. Keep that up. I'm so thankful that that you are. Let's get the word out. Let's be ambassadors that, uh, that can be agents in this world and see Jesus Christ's power leashed into this world to see this sin virus dealt with effectively through his blood. God bless you guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, 
then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.